All right, content crisis. This is Tyler, and I'm Dakota. And uh, somebody had three weeks to watch Reservoir Dogs. Didn't do it. Shame him, everyone. Say it. Say it wherever you are. Shame. Shame. It's okay. We'll skip ahead. Uh, he did watch Jackie Brown. That is the uh, third Quentin Tarantino film. Uh, like I said, we'll kind of do it out of order. We don't want you to get sick of us by just staying on one category too long. So, uh, yeah, let's start out. Let, let, hey, let's start how I was thinking we were going to start last time. Um, anything, any games, any movies, anything you've been, uh, been into? Still the same old, same old. I've watched, you're, you're I mean, I watched. to step your game up. I, I, mean, this I know, is a I will. content podcast, you know, you're going to have to like not take three weeks to watch a movie you're gonna have to like you know have some things to talk about you know what i mean i've been meaning to uh i want to give uh the show as a clickbait on netflix i want to give that a try people have been talking about that um that kind of looks like that show did you watch social dilemma when that came out i did not watch social dilemma to me that looks like a very similar program kind of a uh social dilemma was good but it was basically kind of a uh warning of uh of all the the dangers of the social media and all that stuff propaganda and the way it can sway mm-hmm. people and to, and you know i think it was demonstrated in uh the whole capital thing in january so not to get political but uh yeah it's always political that yeah i know that's that's kind of what that show looks like to me i'll probably check it out eventually as well but uh so nothing nothing on your end nothing yet what about you well, I mean, let's stay on you because you're in trouble. So, I'm just kidding. Do I get my spanking? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> you know what show looks fucking stupid? Most of box them. that's about to come out is, uh, uh, no, the commercial's gone now. I got the Thursday night game on in the background, but, uh, that stupid alter ego show. Like, did you see the stupid previews for that? I have not, no. It just looks ridiculous. And then I'm not even going to do it justice by, by giving a description of it, because it just looks fucking retarded. Um, uh, myself, uh, I did look at clickbait a little bit, um, but I did not I did not ultimately watch it. Uh, a lot of football for me. Um, Monday Night Raiders uh, came out on top in overtime over the uh, Ravens. It was a good game. Um... Listening to uh, Royal Blood, the band, that is the music, so different category. But uh, their self-titled album, really good, and I play the drums, so I was really uh, into playing along with that album this week uh-huh. as kind of my exercise. So um, sometimes I'm too lazy to get to the gym. So obviously we're both boring, so why don't we just get to uh, Jackie Brown. Uh, first thoughts on Jackie Brown? I like it. Um, it's definitely a very, very dynamic movie, in my opinion. It has a lot of pieces to it, um, and it followed the um, not the typical like Quentin Tarantino plot where it's like the ending is first, right, and right. then you find out what happens throughout the rest of the movie. It's kind of like you start off at point A and you make your way to point B. So you like that better than the typical tarantino model yeah i I like that a little bit better than the regular one 
Okay, interesting. Uh, no, I mean nothing, nothing uh, against that. But I do love the, uh, I love piecing it together. Like, did you watch the Hateful Eight ever? No, I did not. A lot of it takes place just in the one little inn, or yeah, if you, uh, Minnie's Haberdashery is what it's technically called. Uh, a lot of it just takes place in the same building, and then you're kind of finding out. That one is long, long, long. It's long. Long. It's long. Long. Um, so she's a. But uh. Yeah. But ja- yeah, Jackie Brown. Uh, my description of it was: if you wanted to fool someone into committing to watching all the Quentin Tarantino movies, the movie you would show them first is this one because it is cl- as close to like a normal movie as he has you know you know like no like real gory scenes or anything like that um you know fairly rational movie and just um yeah like the typical structure as you pointed out Mm -hmm. um yeah one one little fun fact i noticed uh and for some reason, I can't get it to pull up on here. Maybe it's not listening to full um, credits. But I saw at the very beginning of the movie when they're flashing, like, all the credits to, like, you know, the directors, the casting directors, stuff like that. Um, there was someone working on the movie named Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah. They were, I think it was a casting director is what they said they were. But I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, one note I have about that is... Uh... Or you know what? I think it's actually in my notes, so I'll save it. But uh, so I'll, yeah, I'll get to my yeah. I I said in that opening credit scene, just the goofy tile wall. Um, looks like the sidewalk's going through like a bathroom or something. You know, like you just see that kind of goofy tile and like oh yeah, stuff like, like maybe like a Mexican restaurant or something. You know, that kind of bluish, like that teal. Yeah, the music in the beginning matches. Oh yeah, see it's right here in this note. Um, so there was uh, so Pam Greer, the lead actor in this movie. Uh, she was also in a movie called Foxy Brown in 1974. Um, it's I don't know. The internet says it's a similar storyline. It's not very similar, honestly. It's I mean in the way that the woman is the hero or whatever. If you could call her a hero in this, I mean, she steals money from a drug dealer. I don't know who's being heroic exactly, mm-hmm. but um, basically, she has a. I guess you call her call call him her boyfriend in the movie. She he was a cop, and he gets like facial. This is a little far fetched. He gets like facial reconstructive surgery, and then he. Um gets out and he's like living his life and then she has a brother who's kind of a criminal piece of shit who's like well i could turn him into the uh to you know these other criminals that are looking for him and you know i could get a reward and shit for it so that was the uh so then he gets shot and then she's she becomes a prostitute undercover in this whole ring of prostitutes to get revenge and uh yeah the whole thing that's the plot of that movie which doesn't sound that similar right 
um but yeah it was, it was the music matches that and um the guy that's the judge in this movie remember the judge in the when she's getting sentenced when she's oh yeah, know, yeah when she first gets taken to jail um he was a pilot in that movie very small scene but that that is the overlap huh. so pam greer and then this pilot guy was a judge so um yeah it's kind of the similarity that's pretty much where the similarities end if you ask me Foxy Brown, uh, not great. It, I mean, it's a 1974 movie. It's fine. But, you know, fine for a movie from 1974. You know. If if you uh, were living in 1974 and you saw that movie when he came out, would you have a different opinion? It'd probably be fine. It'd probably be really good back then if I had to guess. Because there was some action and there was a lot of boobs. So Nothing wrong with boobs and action. No. Especially in the 70s. Right. Pam Greer had some nice boobs in the 70s. I don't, know. I don't know how they are now, but now she's got to be really old because if she made if she was an adult in 1974 and showed her boobs in a movie, and then she made a movie in 1997 for Jackie Brown and didn't and show her boobs and didn't show her boobs and now it's 2021, uh, maybe you should Google her age. But um, this is based on a book called uh, Rum Punch, which is uh, I guess I guess similar storyline just. Um, you know, she was born in forty nine. Different, forty nine. Forty nine, nineteen forty nine. Wow. Yeah. So that makes her not quite eighty, right? She's still acting. What's her age? Uh, it doesn't say her age. Okay, I'd have to do a full to, Google. Well, forty nine to ninety nine should be fifty. Plus another twenty seventy. So she's like seventy two. Of course, in all the movies she's been uh, doing now, she's been playing like a grandma, it looks like. <laughs> Rightfully so. Right, yeah. 72-year-olds play make a great make great grandmas. <laughs> Ironically. How ironic would that be? Yeah. Uh, you got Winston, a.k.a. Debo, in this movie, if you were a fan of Friday. R.I.P. Tom Tiny. Yeah. Uh... Ordell Roby's kind of an awesome name, if you ask me. Like, that's just, like, an awesome... That's just a cool fucking name. Am I wrong? You got uh, Beaumont. Beaumont is a Beaumont good one. Beaumont is an interesting name. Just reminds me of the, uh, the city in Texas. Where's Ordell, did, Ordell straight up didn't know his name. He's like, I don't know. He's just... He's Beaumont. Um... <laughs> uh, uh, I should take okay. We should, we were, we did a terrible job of this during manifest the manifest review. We should really keep people up on the story. Movie opens up what we've referred to so far. Uh, movie opens up and she's just on the uh, moving sidewalk in the airport. She's a flight attendant for uh, Pan uh, Panama Air, right, or something like. No, no, no. Oh, Cabo Air. There we go. Uh-huh. And. Uh, so that happens, and then I don't, she didn't get caught right away with the drugs. Um, that's kind of the intro of the movie, and then uh, Ordell and um, Lewis, who is uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? The biggest fucking actor ever, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro's character. They're sitting in uh, Ordell's apartment, and they're watching chicks who love guns. Well. 
It's not even uh is it isn't it uh Melanie's apartment? Well, Melanie's well, cuz Ordell says like he sets these places up for these women, so like he And yes, chicks love gun uh, loves guns. That'd be an interesting show concept. Chicks love guns. Yeah, I was trying to look it up to see if it was like a real thing. I think I got mixed results on whether or not it was a real thing. <laughs> um, and then I realized I uh, wasn't completely committed to finding out and i just quit looking it up so am i the only one who thinks that uh in this in this movie robert de niro with the mustache it just i don't know how to feel about that like here's my thoughts on robert de niro in this movie i fucking love it it really shows his range as an actor because like now okay and and like you're jaded now after all these years because he's done because he's gone and done stuff like like Meet the Fockers and the, the, those kind of movies weren't bad. Like they were still like they were still decent movies, comedy wise. Anyway, they're not like oh my god movies. But like you know he's done enough shitty movies at this point, where like you kind of like lose the respect for him. But man, you go back and watch like watch like Goodfellas, great fucking movie. He's awesome in that. Like and so you go to all these movies and he's just awesome in every movie he does. He, and then. He does something like this, where he's not the serious gangster guy. He is, I mean, he's a gangster, I guess, technically, but he's a fucking just dumb oaf, you know? He's just a pot, like a stoned out of his head, pothead, out of his mind pothead, who's like fucking up everything, and he's just, he's just it's, yeah, I love it, man. I, I think it's, I, I wish he would have worked with, Tarantino more. Um, I mean, I know he he's pretty much committed to Martin Scorsese, so I mean, you understand why he didn't do that. But yeah, I think it was awesome. You know, uh, Samuel Jackson character, uh, yeah, Ordell, inspires me. I want to get a beard like him. You know, the little, yeah, a little string, a little all the way down, just uh, braided up. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you just need to grow your hair longer and have it all feathered out like that, you know. Yeah, that's right. the only one that has it feathered out when he's at uh, Sharonda's house. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Ordell again, Ordell Roby, cool fucking name, man. Um, yeah. So while we're getting introed to Ordell and Melanie and uh, Lewis, uh, he gets a phone call. Uh, Ordell really doesn't want to answer the phone himself. He's like, Melanie is answering this fucking phone. She said, it's going to be for you anyway. Yeah, she walked over. She said, hello, sit it down. It's for you. Like, didn't even <laughs> wait to hear anything. And then, so, that is Beaumont calling from jail. Uh, he, uh, well, the first call isn't, but the second call is Beaumont calling from jail. Played by Chris Tucker. Skinny fucking Chris Tucker. Like, I didn't know Chris Tucker was ever that damn skinny. I mean, not that he's, like, fat or anything now, but you know what I'm saying. Like, he, was, he, was just, he was just skinny as shit. He was about that size in uh, the first Friday. I guess, but he was just wearing, like, like he was he never wearing, had his shirt off and stuff. You know yeah, he I mean? was wearing, so, he's wearing baggy clothes right. in the first Friday, so it was a little harder to tell. Yeah. You know, there's that Chris Tucker doing stand-up, and he says, like, he said he didn't do any more Fridays because Ice Cube's trying to pay him in weed. Did you ever see that? 
trying to pay him in weed and like cut his paycheck down and he uh the movie did so well and he never saw any benefits of the movie doing so good oh i didn't know it went that deep i just remember the joke where he said ice cube kept trying to pay me in weed I, that's all i remember so I didn't, I didn't know all the i thought he was just joking but yeah i guess there's more to it on that one that could be discussed in maybe a friday podcast friday the yeah, movie podcast yeah um, we have to do friday. it on friday and we'd have to do them consecutively, you know? Like, we'd have to do, like, Friday and next, next Friday, Friday and Friday, Friday after, after next. next. Like, we'd have to do it in a three-week consecutive Fridays, so. Yeah, we'll have to figure out when that lines up. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, getting you to watch three movies, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Good thing they're movies I've already watched. <laughs> well, yeah, but you gotta rewatch before you, you know. It's got to be fresh, you know. I've seen all these. Everything we've talked about, other than, well, <laughs> we haven't talked about any movies other than I mean, we've talked about streaming services, then games, then manifest. But um, I'll, I'll, I've seen all these Tarantino movies multiple times. It's just I want, you know. Well, yeah, you're a Tarantino junkie. I want it. Well, I, but I'm saying I want it fresh, you know. When I that's why I watched it and I took some notes. But so anyway, yeah. So Beaumont needs bailed out of jail. Uh, he had possession, and he's caught drinking and driving. It was a whole thing. So he goes to Max Cherry. Another awesome name. Um, hey, guys, I spent a hard time in Max Cherry. Max Cherry's not a jail, so that was 100% just a gay joke. <laughs> so he goes to him for bail bond, get Beaumont out, gets Beaumont out. And then, uh, just, I mean, he just he straight up offs him. Put him in the trunk. That shit was hilarious, that argument about whether or not he was getting in the trunk. So I ain't getting in that trunk. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you ain't getting in no dirty-ass trunk. You saw that car pull out from his apartment complex and immediately turns into this, like, instruction area. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's going to die. Yeah. He paused the truck up. Yeah, just like, he's like, hey, man. <laughs> Max but, Cherry, played by uh, Robert Forster. Yeah. Um, He's had a lot of small acting roles. Where I knew him mainly from was uh, he was the, uh, anyone who'd watched Breaking Bad, he was the uh, the vacuum guy. Vacuum right, repairman right. that makes you just disappear. Yeah. Um, that's where I knew him from. Um, he's been, he's played a lot of the smaller roles. I think this was his only real big role in his acting career, at least that I know of. Yeah, I mean, I didn't research him very much, but uh, yeah, I have only ever seen him in small roles. He's at the end of Lucky Number Seven, as uh, he's like just talking on the phone with the guy, and then the guy at the other end of the line gets shot. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Not really. I didn't say anybody's name. But, um, shit. Oh, I thought it was funny that he gets Chris Tucker in the trunk and then he, Ordell, and then he gets in the car after he's touched everything with his bare hands, getting fingerprints everywhere, and then he puts gloves on and then puts the tape in there. I'm like, all right, well, a lot of good those gloves are going to do, huh? I'm glad logic is out the window. I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah. So anyway, uh, moving on. Oh, 
I, I had another one about Simone's phone. He calls, he calls uh, Simone's place. No. Simone? Yeah, Simone. The one who ran off with the money. The one that was dancing with Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, her phone, like, looked like it went on a receiver. Right, because this is the 90s, so you still have phones like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just laying on the counter, face down. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. I guess that's what happens when you've watched the movie ten times and then you take notes on a movie. But, yeah, just like, it looked like it, like, hooked up to her, but it was just face down on the counter, ringing. And then she's like, hello. And I was like, well, that's what happened there. I don't know. That was kind of weird to me. Um. <laughs> details, man. Details. I know. It's yeah. I mean, it's Tarantino. Maybe it all had a reason. Right. <laughs> he's, so he specifically targeted you. I guess. Now he's gonna, yeah, shoot me. I don't know. So, yeah, uh, Ordell comes by the house, by Simone's house, which is another one of his ladies he's got set up. Simone's dancing for Robert De Niro, and he's sitting in the chair, just looking very uncomfortable. <laughs> very, very good scene. That was, uh, his whole, like, character was, he had a, like, he, he played uncomfortable very well. Uncomfortable and just dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he shows, he tells, he tells, uh, Lewis to come out. And he says, uh, he's like, hey. And he's like, let me show you something. And he, says, he shows him Beaumont dead in the trunk. Who's that? He's like, nobody now. <laughs> it was Beaumont. And yeah, he shows him he killed him. Gives him the whole speech. Uh, what happens next? Well, Jackie's walking out of the airport. And uh, Jackie has been bringing uh, money back in, back in the country from Cabo uh, for Odell. She's the only one that can get it in for him because she's a flight attendant. She doesn't get checked at the, uh, what you call you know, security or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's what she's been doing. And uh, she gets caught with all the money. And then she gets in more trouble because apparently whoever was putting the money in uh, slipped a little fun bag of cocaine in there. The good old booger sugar. Booger sugar. Nose candy, white girl, Kevin Hart. Um. Yeah. So then she goes to go to jail. It's a whole thing. And uh, then Ordell's got to go get the uh, bail bond for her. Him and Max argue about Beaumont's funds and all that kind of stuff. Max Jerry says something about white guilt. Made me forget I'm running a business. <laughs> And then the whole thing. And, uh... So then, and then Ordell had the money the whole time. I think he was just bullshitting him. Like, he just pulls it out and starts counting it. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but then Ordell was sitting in the back of the damn courtroom when Jackie's getting sentenced. Mm-hmm. And the cops just walk out right past him. And not that, like, they can do anything about it right there, but, like, if they, like... I don't, I don't think that they knew... Or did they? Knew they were they... after Ardell the whole time. Like, cause, you know, that's but what... Because like, she tells... She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're but like, did... money in for Ardell. Like, 
like they didn't know like exactly Beaumont what told Beaumont told them about Jackie bringing in the money. They're after Ordell the whole time. Right. He's the dude in the area for running guns. Like that, that's the whole that's the whole goal. Right, but I've watched it ten times. Trust me. Right, but <laughs> is there a chance that they maybe didn't know what he looked like exactly? Because like, you got to think it's like nine. You know, Possibly, it's, it's, it's the nineties, so you don't have pictures as widely available. I guess, but and he's wearing his little sunglasses and all that in the back, so maybe not. But that's I don't that's. Know. I that's feel like if you're after a guy, you're gonna notice when he's when you're like they're walking directly towards him to exit the courtroom. I would think you'd just notice the guy you're after sitting in the back of the courtroom. That's all. I don't know. That's just something I noticed that maybe maybe they just didn't recognize him. Yeah, they, I mean, because since they just walked right past, they didn't even look at him or anything, just walked right past him. Right. You think at least if they knew what he looked like, because maybe they just knew a name and they're waiting to actually see who he was from, like, you know, getting him set up or whatever. Um, right. They just knew a name and knew he ran guns. And did you think, you know, if they knew what he looks like, they'd be walking, he'd at least, like, look over at him. And there'd be some kind of weird, like, eye contact confrontation or something. Like, yeah. there always is in movies set up like Although that. I guess that scene really wasn't about them so much it was as it was about you needing to see the Rendell's at the in the courtroom blah blah blah. Um anyhow uh moving on Jackie gets bailed out Max Cherry takes her home but not without getting a drink first and uh apparently she stole Max's gun from the glove compartment before she uh before she went in now, uh, Ordell shows up to Jackie's apartment, and uh, if you own gloves and you live in California, like you're already suspicious as fuck, because he's just putting up like you don't. If you're about to go commit a crime wearing gloves, like you don't like strap them up as you're walking to the place you're about to commit the crime like do that shit in the car put your hands in your pockets hide them oh anyway just don't leave your gloves behind at the scene right well unless you're oj (laughs) you might just get away with it oh it didn't fit right right i think i referenced that on the on the last one i was like glove didn't fit fuck it it's great Chappelle joke but anyway um our screwdriver's good, because, like, I mean, Ordell sure fucking loves them. I've never actually had a screwdriver. I mean, it's orange juice and vodka. Right, but I've, I've never I've gathered that from watching the movie. But I've never, I've never had it. Um, not, I just, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of like mixing like alcohol with orange juice. I don't know. I just like orange juice in general. I do love orange juice. That was loud. Well, you know, we're getting the full experience here. <laughs> it's like they're right here in the room with us. Alright, so, uh, Ordell loves screwdrivers. That's all I know. He put his drink on top of her records. Mm-hmm. That's disrespectful as L- fuck. A little bit. Condensation leaks course, down on it. If you're about to kill somebody, you're not really concerned about the condition of their records. You, you're not really concerned about setting the coaster down. Um, yeah, so he shows up. Jackie lets her in, lets him in. She makes him a screwdriver. Which sounds oddly sexual, but it's not. 
And uh, and then he keeps turning the lamp off. And I was Jackie would be like, would you quit turning the fucking lights on? <laughs> Jesus Christ, just give yourself away, why don't you? Um, yeah, and then she puts the gun on his dick. And both of us are white, so neither of us are qualified to say the line, she says. But it is good. Good and funny. Watch that one if you want the line. Just only that part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, just the, yeah. Should have gave him a timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's the other thing I was wondering. How the hell did all that money get down to Cabo in the first place? Did he live in Mexico at one point? Did he make the money down there? I mean, I understand it's a movie. You need a premise. And that's just kind of... Unless if uh, he, like, say the guns were ran down there and then the money was collected, but he had to bring it back slowly through that means because he couldn't right, right. get it all back at once. That was just something I wondered. And it only hit me at this point. But, uh... Because <laughs> my other thought was like, well, wouldn't it have been just as hard a process to get it down there? <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think ATF is kind of funny. It's like all three of these things are legal in some capacity. But <laughs> alcohol, tobacco, firearms. I was like, yeah, in most capacities, these are all legal. I mean, I guess they're just cracking down on the illegal part of it. But Right. Uh oh, my next note was De Niro's an idiot in this movie. I love it. I'm used to seeing him be a serious guy, and he's just a fuck up. We addressed that earlier. And uh oh, the car um Jackie was driving looks like the same little white Honda as in uh, Pulp Fiction that uh Bruce Willis Butch mm-hmm. goes back to get his father's watch. From the apartment, he's driving a little white Honda, and then Marcellus Wallace, he hits Marcellus Wallace crossing the street. Looks the same. Looks like the same little white Honda she drives, but... It'll be something maybe to research into. Yeah. Uh, On the Pulp Fiction podcast. Yeah, oh, and then it looks like I skipped ahead quite a bit here. Uh, apparently I didn't have any notes on the rest of the movie. So, let's go back here. <laughs> My second thing. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? Oh, gotta love a 90s mall vibe. 90s malls, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, anything 90s. Food court. Just, I mean, you, I mean, you can still go to a mall and do a food court and all that. But, like, shit, but. food court with, like, them, like, neon signs and just that overall feel. No phones. Everyone's just vibing. Yeah. Doing money drops. <laughs> Doing money drops. Yeah, so, apparently I didn't have any notes in between the, uh, kind of the climax of the movie and, uh, where we just were, where Ordell wanted to kill Jackie. So, basically, Jackie gets herself out of that because she borrowed Max's gun, uh, without his knowledge. Uh, yeah, we'll just tell the kind of story up until the, uh, climax, right? Excuse me. Um, after that, 
Uh, she's talking to the cops. She works out this whole plan where Adele thinks she is not fucking him over. And the cops think she is not fucking them over. And she is fucking them both over. She is smart in this movie. Yes, she is finding a way to uh, get the money in and uh, just keep it for herself and not give it to either of them. Have her cake and eat it too. That's right. She uh, pulls a three-part switch. You know, the uh, the and Ordell thinks the third party. How would you explain that? The three-part uh, switcheroo there. So the cops think that she is walking into the mall with a bag, with the money in the bag. Uh, it looks like a shopping bag. Sitting down at a table with a woman Ordell sent. And then one woman... They, they switch bags, basically, while they're at the table. So they are following... The, they think... The cops think they are following the woman to Ordell to bust him. Then uh, Jackie leaves. Then the other girl's at the table is sitting there eating her food. And then this other woman that's been there for, we don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Simone. Yeah. In the trial run, anyhow. Is like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> and she grabs that bag. So that was the initial plan. Turns out Simone ran off with the first 10000 Turns out you couldn't trust Simone. Her and her dancing. And, uh. So basically, they have to use Melanie. Um, which turns into a whole other thing. Speaking, speaking yeah, of Melanie. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Speaking yeah. of Melanie. Yeah, go ahead. Buddy. So, there's a scene where, <laughs> um, Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro's character, uh, Louis, gets, uh, is left in Melanie's apartment with Melanie. And they were talking about you know he was looking at an older a picture of her when she was younger and they were talking about life and then like they they were in the kitchen and then all of a sudden melanie's just like we're just like you want to fuck and then actually they were just fucking <laughs> yeah, well, it, this, this, it couldn't have been more hilarious because lewis is all like <laughs> if wait and then at the then at the uh the the timestamp on or something like that. So like a few minutes later. Yeah, like yeah, it was, I think it was like two minutes later. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, and then he's done, and they're they're both like, and then she's like, well, that was fun. He's like, yeah, yeah, I really hit the spot. <laughs> and then she's like, now we can catch up. <laughs> the fact that she was just like, want to fuck? Yeah. Well, and then they talk about it. Because Lewis goes and meets Ardell in the bar later. And they tell him, like, he's like, uh, like, you know, you think you can trust Melanie? And, like, like alluding to the fact that, like, he fucked her. But, like, <laughs> Ardell was like, you, uh, didn't wait to find out, though, did you? And he's like, I was very sorry after the fact. <laughs> but Ardell's basically like, yeah, I knew, she, she's good at throwing a fucking dude's way. Which is not what he says, but we're white, so we don't get to say that. So. That's Although, okay. hey, I will note, um, I don't remember the N-word count in Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, but I did keep one. No hard R's in this movie. Interesting. Uh, unique for a Tarantino movie. That's all. Tarantino loves his hard R's. Loves his hard R's, but not in Jackie Brown. 
Anyhow. Uh, so let's skip ahead here. What do we got? Um, after they do the draw runs, Moon runs off, plan changes. Um, they meet in the dressing room. That's how they stage the whole thing. Um, and yeah, so she basically tells Ray that. Yeah, okay. So that, yeah, that sets that up, right? So, they're supposed to show up to the mall, and, uh, like, uh, Lewis is driving Melanie, and she's being a fucking bitch that day. Like, oh, God, well, she was, she was awful. She like, was... you kind of liked Melanie in the beginning, because, like, Ordell's mistreating her. Like, the arc of her character is interesting, because, like, you're like, oh, Ordell's being a dick, like, you know, this cute blonde is, like, you know, being mistreated here, and she's a pothead. Huge pothead. And, like, it was almost like the pot, like, fucked up Lewis as the movie went on because he just got dumber and dumber, and it was just really funny. Again, I, I love the role for De Niro. And, uh, So then he ends up, he's like, she tells him just a minute, and then he fucking barges in and <laughs> <laughs> drags her out, right? And, uh,. So the whole thing, the whole, the exchange happens, right? She's buying a suit. Melanie's supposed to come in there, get the bag. And, uh, Jackie filled it with books. So she thought she was taking the money. And she filled it with and books, put that top layer of money she, on. Yeah, well, she put 40 in the bag, 40,000 in the bag. She's bringing about 500,000 back. Which is hilarious when Ordell finds out and he goes, he said, uh, you're about half a million ten short. Like I just, that was a funny way to say that. Um. So yeah, she puts a little bit on top, so she doesn't even look in the bag. She shoves it in her, in her uh, jeans, right? And so they're walking. So the basically, then Max is hanging around waiting for them to leave, and Max goes in the dressing room. Well, cause so. Because Jackie Brown leaves, Jackie leaves, um, pays for the suit, um, then tells the uh, the sales clerk, "Hey, someone left a, a bag full of beach towels in there." Right. So then sets it up for Max. To... Then Max comes in a couple minutes later. To, hey, I think my wife left a bag of beach towels back there. And the sales clerk, "Yeah, it's back there. Go ahead. There's no one back there." And he goes back there, grabs it, walks right out. Off he goes. I liked an interesting dynamic of that last part uh that scene was the fact that they went back and played that scene through everyone's point of view yeah that was interesting because you saw more than just one point of view which is the the view that the you know you see as just a viewer of a movie you actually see yeah. from max's view from jack's view from uh, uh lewis and uh, melanie's view or dell's view yeah and that's yeah yeah i do like that and i like the music in that a lot um, and that to me that's kind of how I think of the Tarantino movies like yeah that's kind of how I think of them when they when he does the out of order stuff is like well you're just uh, I like how it gets pieced together and so it's it's kind of similar in the way that they give you all the perspectives so you see exactly what's going on um, yeah anyway so Lewis and Melanie walking back to the car 
and he can't find the damn van, right? And she's like, she's giving him all this shit, and he tells her not to talk, and he's like, don't talk right now, okay? Just please, just don't say anything. And then she gives him more shit, and then he just straight up turns around, pops her twice. <laughs> the most, you know, that's the most non-insane reaction to someone being a bitch. <laughs> Just shoot him twice. It right. takes care of the problem. Hey, look, you know, would all would all of us have reacted that way once once or twice in our lives? Maybe. Maybe. If you could once react that way, <laughs> you get one. <laughs> Everybody gets one. Um, God damn it. Yeah, sorry. Squeaky arm of the couch. Um. Yeah, just hilarious. Just leaves her, and then he's like talking to himself as if he's talking to her. Like turns around, and is like, "Yeah, see, it's right here." Like, but she's like dead <laughs> on the ground, two miles away, over there bleeding out in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, he just gets in and just drives away like it's yeah, nothing. He gets in, it stalls out, starts to get the, the stalling out. Uh, just, yeah, yeah, I liked it. Um, and then the way he tells Ordell that he shot her. He's like in the car. He's like, "Where's Melanie?" He's like, "He's like, yeah, I meant to tell you, man. Like, she's getting on my nerves, and I just I shot her. Like, you shot her? Yeah, I shot her. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Fuck that right there. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so that was pretty great. Um. The way, so then they stop in the middle of the road. Ordell finds out the money's not in the bag. There's only forty thousand. He says you're a million ten, half million ten short. And uh, they get in. He tells him to pull over, and they talk about the situation. He finds out Lewis saw Max Cherry there. He's pissed off because because Ordell saw um at the mall at the food court yeah that's um, yeah jackie and max talking sitting down at the table talking yeah he said what is this shit yeah and then he like went like snuck off into a department store store. yeah yeah um (laughs) so yeah ordell becomes pissed off that Lewis saw him and didn't do anything about it. And, uh, naturally, Ordell does what any rational human would do when somebody fucks up a job. He shoots him. I love how he shot him twice, but spaced out, right? So he shoots him the first time, and just the way Lewis looks at him, as if, like, I don't know, like, you ever been to somebody's house, and, like, a dog starts coming up on you, and it's just like, it won't leave you alone, sticks his head in your crotch, all, all the shit dogs do, right? And, like, like, like Lewis was kind of looking at Ordell as if, like, like, get your dog off me, but he just shot him, you know? He's, he's, he just, like, kind of, like, waves his arm. Just... <laughs> and then, he, like, he said, he, yeah, Ordell shoots him again. Kills him. Uh, that's very fun. There's a lot of, a lot of comedy in this movie, whether it was intentional or unintentional. But, um, what else we got? 
There's not that. Oh yeah. So Max has got to go and or or Ordell tracks him tracks everybody down, right? Max needs to get cops need to tie up the Ordell situation, right? Cuz yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they ain't get him. So Max helps with that. Max goes to his house, finds him. Debo, well, you know, not uh, Debo. Wesley. But uh Winston. Winston. Where the hell did I get Wesley? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Winston. Uh, Winston finds him. Winston finds people that don't want to be found. Yeah, says, how'd you find him? That's his job. Yeah. That's my job. Well, good for him. That's what, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> so, he has to go and, he, at first he's there giving him his 10000 back and, you know, Max gives him this whole bullshit story. To get Ordell back to his place of business, where Jackie kills him, and uh, so Max got into the Delphonics because of Jackie, uh, and so he bought the tape, and so like every time Max is in the car, just that first song comes on that Jackie played. Uh-huh. So then. Ordell's like, I'll drive. They get in the car, and the Delphonics are the first songs on. And it's just, it's just a funny shot to me. It's just two dudes, obviously don't like each other, riding in the car, like, somewhat, like, romantic-ish music is on. <laughs> and they're just sitting there, like, like <laughs> mean-mugging, <laughs> kind of pissed off to be in the car together. And then, uh, oh, yeah, I was wondering if, uh, so they're walking in the place, right? Well, okay, first, smoking is cool. I'm sorry. Like, bad for you, it's terrible for you. I don't smoke. You don't smoke. But smoking's cool. At least in movies, it's cool. Like, Jackie's sitting in the dark, you only see the, the cherry of her cigarette, ironic, she's in cherry bell bonds. And he's got the big red dot on the building. So, you know, not only is it well, his last name. It's his, his logo, too. Yeah. So, just just the light of the cigarette. The only thing in the room. Or sitting at the desk. It's fucking cool, man. Sorry. Smoking's cool. That's not what the Surgeon General wants you to know. But it's cool. That uh, that scene where she kept on practicing taking the gun out. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she like had like the different looks on her face. She would, like kind of smile, and then she like get angry and pull the gun out. Yeah, it was good. Uh, smoking school. Sorry. Um, okay, so then Ordell and Max are walking in the building, and I love how that one thing I will credit uh, Tarantino is that he always puts kind of like real life aspects into a movie. So you like to say the dropping the keys. Yeah, the dropping the keys. Okay, see that's what I was about to say. I wonder if that was intentional or not. Right. Because the way it looks, it very well like what was isn't it Robert Forrester? Mm-hmm. Could have just accidentally dropped the keys. Like could have just been Butterfingers. You know? And then I don't know. Yeah, that he is might a very just, just rolled with it. He might have just yeah, they probably just rolled with it. Or I wonder if it's said in the script like 
you know, Max fumbles the keys, Stiles picks him up. But I've noticed, like, in that movie, too, um, like, there's a lot of things that, like, you know, just kind of happen. Like, little little insignificant things you might not necessarily notice that, mm-hmm. that you know, some, some directors might be like, nah, cut, redo it, they can't let that happen, or something like that. Mm-hmm. That gives a little more of, like, a... Uh, like an authentic, like yeah. real life feel to it. Yeah, that's funny that we both had that same note about Max dropping the keys. So then, uh, yeah, Ordell's very clear that Max is walking in first, and then they walk in there, and he's like, he's "Like, what are you sitting in the dark?" And then he's like, "Ray, he's got a gun." Ray, the ATF agent's in the bathroom, comes out, pops him twice. And uh, everybody lived happily ever after. They got the money. Jackie showed up a week later in Ordell's car. They didn't uh, take it, which still seems shady to me, but hey. Um, they kiss. She offers him to go to, uh, where did, shit, where did she go? I forget. Where did she say she went? She was traveling. Oh, well, not that significant. But uh, offers him to go. He says no. And uh, the movie ends with her singing in the car. Some singing to herself in the car along with the radio. Which, uh, interesting choice to end on. But, uh, yeah. So that was Jackie Brown. Uh, would you suggest it to a friend? I would. So, let's not, let's not forget that there was a... Uh... There was a very interesting and uh, foot scene in this movie. Does Tarantino have like a foot fetish? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking. I don't know if he has a. That's not some. I don't think anybody's asked him in an interview. Hey, you have a foot fetish? Well, like so. But yeah, that like, that foot scene is nasty. Yeah. Like I, I remember that. So I'm I'm screwing, uh, scrolling through pictures here on uh, IMDb uh-huh. on Jackie Brown's page. And they're just like a whole half a page is nothing but like screenshots of that foot scene. Oh, dude, it's so. <laughs> and uh, then, there's not a foot fucking scene. Those of you that are listening, I mean, I say those of you that are listening as if somebody's watching. No one can watch either. But um, basically, Lou's <laughs> sitting there. It's the beginning of the movie. His drinks there, and she puts her feet on the table, and it's like right next to his glass. And then the toe, he, okay, that's a good screenshot, yeah. Um, the foot just keeps getting closer to his glass, and then her toes on the fucking rim of the glass, and it's like, she's like nasty she's, bitch. She's wiggling her toes, yeah. and it's touching the edge of the glass. I know, and then he just kind of like moves the glass. And it's classic 90s too, because she has on the uh, those toe rings. Yeah, yeah. That's a classic 90s piece of jewelry right there yeah it's good yeah there's yeah there's a lot of pictures here of that foot scene <laughs> yeah i just yeah i love i love the shit out of this movie um i always feel bad we did this because uh because charles um took it home to watch but you know he didn't text back so we may have our friend Charles on the podcast eventually. But, you know, it's a maybe. Uh, timing works out. 
timing so, works out. I mean, he can definitely do the Reservoir Dogs podcast, but can Dakota? That's the question. Will Dakota watch Reservoir Dogs? Dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so do you have anything? I'm kind of out of things to say. We talked about Jackie Brown. We're about eight minutes to an hour. Um, not that this needs to be an hour exactly, but you got anything? Dramatic pause. No, I think I think we've covered everything that I wanted to say, anything I wanted to mention. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, uh, Rick James attended a, uh event for Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah? I... Just as popping up in the pictures for Jackie Brown on I am DB. All right, fair, fair. I'm Rick James, bitch. Uh huh. What the five fingers say to the face? Clap. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. <laughs> Let's not just start quoting Rick. <laughs> Be here all night. Spend the last eight minutes just pulling Chappelle show quotes. <laughs> All right, so um, next so, time, what? At five stars, what do you give it? Oh wow, wow, wow! That's hard, because um, there are better movies than this, obviously. But like, my approval rating is very high for this. I'll give it like a four star, because like. Pulp Fiction to me is like the gold standard. It's probably my favorite movie. Um, hence, there's a poster of it hanging up behind me. Um, there's a few of them. Not a few Pulp Fiction posters, just a few posters, but yes. Well, there's a Pulp Fiction poster, then there's the uh, the, the t-shirt with the whole script on it. Yeah, yeah, no, I have two. Uh, yeah, there's two. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. And then there's a... Uh, I have three pages of notes on Pulp Fiction for when we do that, so... Then there's a hanging plaque with the Cowboys' all-time greats, and you'll never see Zeke on it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how he does this season. That's a shot to Cowboys fans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go into football rabbit hole this time. <laughs> yeah, let's not do it again. Um. Alright, so... We got to, what, you know, what's the plan? I only say we'll, we'll plan on here because then it kind of gives people the, what, what's the haps, you know? So, are you going to watch Reservoir Dogs ever? I'll, I'll watch my Reservoir Dogs. When? <laughs> That's the question the world may never know. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that's all right. We don't need to hash it all out here. Um, so, if you want to email us. Obviously, uh, you know, I don't know how to look at the damn Spotify comments. Uh, I figured I'd just mention that on here. So if you are commenting on Spotify, which probably none of you are because no one cares about this podcast yet. Um, I don't know how to look, so I'm not seeing it there. If you want to, uh, or Google podcasts for that matter. Of course, I haven't tried or Stitcher. Uh, apparently we're on reason. Um, I guess that's a podcast platform. I got an email to one of the content crisis accounts. I don't remember if it was Yahoo or 
Gmail, but it said, you have been summoned to reason. And I was like, what is that? Um, so I was like... Apparently, well, and I said that <laughs> in the UK, that was one of the platform. UK was one of the places we've heard. So shout out to any UK listeners on here. Uh, I think it was like Ireland and Germany. Maybe we'll, two have to, places. maybe we'll have to cover some uh, UK movies. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to find one, yeah. I mean, uh, 28 Days Later is a UK movie. Okay. That's a UK maybe movie. we'll do that just for them. Uh, so, shout out. I guess we're on Reason now. I guess you did something that made it email me about getting on that platform. So, I did it. I think. I think I'm successful. Hey, email me. Tell me if I fucked up or not. Uh, Content Crisis Hotline, Yahoo, Yahoo.com. Content Crisis Hotline at gmail.com. And if you don't want to email him, uh, we'll give you his phone number so you can just call him. False. Um, thanks a lot for listening. We'll get on here again soon with uh, something. Uh, thanks. Bye. Also, I forgot to say that uh, you can watch Jackie Brown. Uh, the internet said HBO Max, but Dakota said that is false. You cannot find it on HBO Max. Um, but you, I know for a fact you can watch it on Pluto TV, uh, which I, my understanding is you pretty much have to watch with ads on Pluto TV. And uh, Foxy Brown, the film I referred to uh, with Pam Greer in 1974, uh, you can also see that on Pluto TV, obviously with ads. Uh, now, thanks and goodbye for real.